Alright, hello again. I did not tell John what the topic was. Um, and it is about the song Amazing Grace, so that was excellent. Um, <clears throat> so, um, uh, good to be here. Glad to um, study the word with you. Um, something I forget to say. Um, whenever I teach a lesson that I think is important, is um, if you have any questions about anything I say or you feel that I say something wrong or just unusual, um, you know, please do tell me uh, and, and let me know and, um, <clears throat> you know, correct me or, 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 you know, let's talk about it. So, um, <clears throat> all right, so um, the study this morning... Um, is Amazing Grace, and yes, the song, that's what I want to talk about, is the song itself. Um, first we're going to talk about what is grace, um, but I, uh, I, I just like taking a song and, and digging into the, the meaning of it. One that's, well, usually one that's, that's accurate and, and, and scriptural based. Um, I've done ones that aren't. <laughs> um, you know, you never know where it's going to lead you, but, um, this is a classic for a reason. Uh, I, I think it's got a lot of good material and, and, uh, things that we can talk about it and relate to. Um, and so, uh, that's the plan. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, like I said, we'll start with, um, just to talk about what, what is grace. And, uh, I, I did a bit of a word study on this, um, because it's one of those words that's basically a religious word. Uh, there are uses of it in, you know, ordinary, uh, non-religious day-to-day use, but it's really not the same as, as what, um, as, as the Bible uses it. So it's, it's got a very kind of unique meaning. So anyway, um, I'm talking specifically about in the New Testament books. Um, seems to, the, the King James will use it a lot in the Old Testament, but anyway, I, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the New Testament idea of grace and tied to the, the death of Jesus and everything. And so anyway, so, <clears throat> um, the word, uh, in short, I, I describe it as a gift. Um, and, and there's some, many ways to, to mean that, right? So the Greek word, so again, I'm talking about the New Testament and that's written in Greek mostly. So, um, the Greek word, uh, for this, for grace is, uh, charis, I think is how you say it. C-H-A-R-I-S, which is, sounds a lot like our, our English word charismatic. And uh, I think that, that, that has, uh, <laughs> uh, a double meaning there too. I think there's certain denominations that use the word charismatic in a very different way about uh, having, you know, like falling down in, in service, like you just got a revelation or something. And anyway, not that. Um, just, just giving you the idea that that's <clears throat> kind of where we get the, the root of that word from. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, but someone who's charismatic is generally thought of as, as charming or, or, you know, nice and whatnot. Anyway, um, so it, it comes up a lot in the New Testament, about 150 times, depending on translation. I've seen 148, 152, somewhere, anyway, about 150. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think they all kind of tie into the idea of a gift. Um, so, First, we're going to read some that, that have nothing to do with the word grace, it seems. Um, but it's the word charis in uh, Greek. So, uh, Luke 1, 30. And um, 
So this is Mary, the Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus. And um, <clears throat> an angel comes to her and says, The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And the word favor um, is charis, is grace. You've, you could say you have found grace with God. Um, and I, and I, I still kind of tie this to the idea of a gift. So uh, if you don't have favor, then then you're basically rejected, right? Or at least not favorable, right? Um, and, and so... If you think especially in someone important like God himself or a king, um, you want to have favor um, in, in the eyes of that person. That, that, that's, that's very important when it's an important person to, to be in good favor um, and not be rejected. And that can feel like a gift. You feel very relieved uh, that you've, you, you've found in good standing and not, and not bad. And so that, that can feel like a gift, right? Um, <clears throat> and then almost as a pun, but just kind of <laughs> throwing it out there uh, – when you go, if you go to a party and they, and you're just, you're not the guest of honor, but you're an attendee and they give you a gift bag, it's called a party favor, right? So, I mean, there's a connection there between the word favor and gift. Um, all right, let's stay in Luke 6, 32 to 34. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, let's see. I have, uh, let's see, I'm reading out of ESV. I did my study in New American Standard. So this is a little different. Um, uh, in New American Standard, I have the word credit, and here it's the word benefit, I think. Uh, if you love those who love you, Luke 632, uh, what benefit is that to you or credit? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who good, do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you, Lend to those from whom you expect to receive. What credit is that to you? Okay, ESV mixes it up a little. Uh, even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. And so, um, <clears throat> this word credit or benefit is this word charis, like grace. Um, again, I, I still think of the idea of a gift is, is that you're being gracious by, um, <clears throat> you know, giving something and not, not respecting, expecting anything in return. Uh, if you feel obligated, then that's not a gift, right? If you, if, if someone gives you something and they expect something in return, that's, that's not a gift. That's, that's an obligation, right? So, um, still building this idea of, of grace, right? Uh, and then Luke 17, 9, um, it's kind of interesting. We, a lot of my studies seem to overlap with the book of First Peter. And so I deliberately didn't go there because I didn't want to step all over Jim's lessons. Uh, not do them justice. So, but this reminded me of something we studied this morning. Uh, but Luke seventeen nine, um, talking about servants uh, doing what they're supposed to. And Luke seventeen nine to see thank the servant because uh, he did what was commanded. So this word thank there is charis, is the idea of grace. Uh, does he grace the servant because he did what was commanded? And, and of course that's sarcastic. No. Right, um, or rhetorical. <clears throat> Again, if you're obligated to do it, that's not that's not a gift. It's um, it's the fact that you did something uh, without needing to be asked. So, um, but if you go to Romans five, this is this is the sense that we think of most, and and that um, we're really going to talk about today is uh, Romans five fifteen through the end of the chapter, uh, and this is. This is that idea of, uh, of grace. <clears throat> um, uh, so, um, 
It's going to start out with the words gift or free gift. Um, that's actually, uh, at least in verse 15, I think, if I recall correctly, uh, it's the word charisma. Uh, so it's very related. Uh, but grace is, is the one I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on here, where you see the word grace translated, I think, is, is charis. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more uh, have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification, for if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, <clears throat> much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience uh, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that, <clears throat> excuse me, as sin reigned in death, Grace might also reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life uh, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, and it goes even more into grace in, in chapter six, but um, we'll stop there. And, um, so this is this is that that main focus of of idea of um, <clears throat> the grace of um, you know that there's punishment due for our sins, um, but um, being rescued from that punishment is is the gift of God is is the grace. Of, of God, um, through Jesus. Um, and so this, this is the idea, I think, that, <clears throat> um, that comes through in the song Amazing Grace. So, um, alright. <clears throat> so, uh, as, as some background, um, about the song, I think, I think this helps, um, kind of understand where the song is, is coming from. You may know the story, you may not, but uh, John Newton is the man that wrote it back in the 1700s, um, uh, written in 1772, published in 1779. Um, <clears throat> so he was born in 1725, uh, and he, he grew up um, living a very worldly life, and I mean very worldly, enough said, okay, just very worldly, trust me. Um, <clears throat> I thought this was interesting. <laughs> Uh, he spent time as a slave in Sierra Leone. I thought that was kind of interesting since our preacher and his wife are there right now. Um, not as slaves, but as, uh, as visiting. Um, well, I hope not anyway. Um, so, <clears throat> um, and, and, and that was largely due as punishment for his rebelliousness, uh, as, as a young man, as a teenager and whatnot. Um, so he was a slave and then he went and, and even after being released from that, became a slave trader. <laughs> so. I don't know why you would. I think you would dislike that, but anyway. And later still, he actually became an abolitionist. Um, and so completely turned his back on, on, on all of that. Um, <clears throat> but the big thing to know is that he nearly died, uh, in a storm at sea, uh, in 1748. So that puts him at about 23 years old, 22, somewhere in there. Um, and it was two weeks before the ship landed. So he was, he wasn't just like near death. He was near death for about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like, like had a lot of time to think about, you know, what what am I doing with my life, and is there a God, and please save me, um, and and so this that's where his conversion began. 
Um, and, and you'll, now, if you know that, if you knew that already, or if you didn't and you know it now, you're going to see that in the song. Um, that's very much, I once was lost and now I'm found, um, through many dangers, toils and snares, I've already come. And he means it. (laughs) He's really been through a lot. Um, but it's, it's, um, it's, uh, that's, that's what I think is neat though, is that he's writing it from personal experience. And so, I've always said this about songs that, um, when people try to make a song generic, it just falls so flat, uh, because there's just no, there's no emotion <laughs> when the, when the author writes it. Um, you're just trying to make it fit everybody. But when you write from your own personal experiences, it feels like it's more relatable. Um, you know, and, and that's, uh, apparently something that was, is a hallmark of, of, of his life generally. Anyway, <clears throat> um, so he's eventually ordained as a priest in the Church of England. So I'm, I'm not setting this man up as, as, uh, you know, necessarily sound in the faith in every way or anything like that. Don't, don't, don't take me to mean that. But, um, <clears throat> he, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But he did, he did believe in God and, and, and I think you see that in, in the song. So, um, I always go back to that scripture in, in, in Romans, um, that uh, I, th- I believe it's Romans, uh, where, where Paul says, "Whether out of false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice." And I, 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 I take that to this song: is that whether or not the man was perfect or not, who is right? Um, I, I think Christ is preached in this song, um, and that's that's something to rejoice about. Um, <clears throat> so, so yeah, so that's in in a nutshell, I'd say the song is about hope. Um, so the first half or so of the song is about the hope when you feel lost, like in, in any way, literally or figuratively, and, um, you just want some hope to get out of the situation. And then the, the end of the song kind of ends with, um, the hope of a future with God in heaven, um, after all is said and done. So, all right. <clears throat> um, so one technical note. Um, in our books, in most books I've seen, uh, there's five verses, uh, to this song and, uh, the original has six and only the first four are the same. Uh, so there's two verses that are a little different and we'll talk briefly about that. Um, I think they're all fine. Um, I don't think anything is unscriptural in any of them. I don't know where the, 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 our fifth verse came from. Uh, I tried to kind of research that, but it's hard to word that in a way that a search engine would understand. So I didn't try chat GPT. I don't know. I guess that's a thing now, right? But anyway, um, <clears throat> not a convert yet. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know the, the, the history there, but to just know that this, the original is a little, is the last two verses different than, than our last one verse. So anyway, um, <clears throat> So in the original, I think there's more of a symmetry of three and three. You, the first three are about grace, and then the last three are about God. Um, this one's, our, ours is, you know, first three about grace, and then the last two or so about God. Um, so, <clears throat> take it for what you will. But anyway, we'll go through the, through the song. Um, you don't, you, sh- you shouldn't need to have your book open for this. I've got the lyrics on the paper, uh, so you don't have to flip back and forth as much. Um, <clears throat> So, um, uh, well, that worked out well. I'm still in Romans. I don't know if you are, but uh, if you want to go to Romans 7, uh, verse 24. Uh, so, the beginning of the song, um, oh, just one more thing. So, um, 
We call it Amazing Grace. The original title, if you're curious, is uh, Faith's Review and Expectation. Yeah, I like Amazing Grace better. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, that one's a lot more potent. Um, so, the song starts, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And so, um, <clears throat> as you know, how sweet the sound. I mean, you know, we say something that sounds good is music to my ears, right? And so, that's sort of the idea there. Um, uh, Romans 7.24, I think, gets in this idea of... of a wretch like me. <clears throat> uh, it says, Wretched man that I am. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul speaking here. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, uh, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Um, so <clears throat> I think he's he's very much keying off of that. Um, and I'm going to try to go through this in a decent pace. Somehow, when I first did this lesson, I did it in about seven minutes. <laughs> it will not be like that. I was doing it as an invitation. Uh, I'm going to try to slow down a bit, but I don't want to get bogged down. So um, <clears throat> I'll probably be skipping uh, the, the reading of some of these verses. Uh, so, for example, um, I'm not going to read the story of the prodigal son. I'm going to trust that you're aware of it. Um, but, but that's what I think of in this next section of the song. Uh, I once was lost, but now I'm found. That seems to very much borrow the... From the language of Luke 15, where the, the father says, this is my son who, who was lost, but now is found. And, um, <clears throat> and so that's the, that's the feeling, of course, and, uh, of grace is that, uh, you were lost in sin, uh, but Christ rescued you. Um, and, um, yeah, let's, um, let's read Philippians 3, 8 through 11. I think this is a good one to, focus on uh, Philippians 3, 8 through 11 <clears throat> um, <clears throat> he says indeed I count everything as loss uh, so he himself is thinking of it as loss uh, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, uh, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, uh, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any possible means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Um, <clears throat> All right, like I said, I'm going to move through move these through these pretty fast. So the next part of the song uh, uh, was blind, but now I see. Uh, of course, we've got stories of that. Uh, John chapter nine, for example. I don't have that written, um, but <clears throat> um, a lot of figurative ideas there that um, we're blind to the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Second uh, Corinthians four um, and um, <clears throat> And uh, ideas like that. So, I'll uh, we'll go to verse two of the song. Um, I think I think this one's this one's really a neat turn of phrase. It says, "Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved." So it's a song, so all the words are backwards, right? But the idea is is there's this, sounds like a contradiction, right? So grace made me fear, and grace took away my fears. Uh, so how can that be possible, right? But I think it's very true. Um, so, you know, um, 
you know, the author of the song was, had a near death experience, uh, and was, was, was saved in that way. And Grace is, saves us from the brink of death, uh, at least spiritually. Um, <clears throat> um, and so that, that, you know, that makes you reevaluate things. Um, um <clears throat> like I said in Romans 6, um, it says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that may grace may increase, may it never be? How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Um, <clears throat> so in a sense, grace, you know, isn't, isn't a, a, a ticket to, to, to stop worrying or, or, or considering, uh, your life and, and what you do, but it should make you fear, uh, if you have sin. Um, <clears throat> but then at the same time, I'll turn to this one, Second Thessalonians 2, uh, 16 and 17. Uh, <clears throat> now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them uh, in every good work and word. Um, so grace is meant to comfort us um, and take away our fears as well. So um, I think it's it's very much both. Um, <clears throat> um, the next part of uh, verse 2 of the song um, how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed? Um, and again, I, you know, you take that so much literally from the perspective of the author that, um, he was very nearly dying. Um, and, and, you know, how, how amazing that must have felt to see land and, and, and to step off and, and, uh, and, and the hope of, of, uh, being rescued physically. Um, <clears throat> And in the same way, um, you know, we should have that same sort of zeal and fervor and excitement um, uh, when we consider the the grace of uh, of God of being forgiven of our sins that we should have died from. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I'll just move on from that one. Um, all right, so uh, verse three. <clears throat> um, I uh I connected these all to the Apostle Paul. Um just want to make sure I didn't miss anything in my notes here. So, okay. Um <clears throat> so through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Um which is a long winded way of saying there's been a lot of difficulties in my life. Um and so if you go to Second Corinthians eleven, uh Paul says something very similar. Um <clears throat> uh, going the wrong direction. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 28. <clears throat> Excuse me. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 28. Um. <clears throat> All right. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hand of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, dangers in, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, and toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, and hunger and thirst often without food, and cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Um, so... <clears throat> 
Paul Paul himself was no no stranger uh, to all those things, and he's he's not saying it you know uh, for you to feel bad for him, but um, <clears throat> you know we can't we can't compare to that. Um, if we go to chapter twelve, verse nine, um, so the verse in the song part of the song says, "Twas grace uh, that." brought me safe thus far um and paul says something very similar here um let's back up to verse seven because this is uh it's hard to get the context without it so second corinthians 12 verse 7 he says so to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the, in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Um, <clears throat> and that's one of the more interesting uses of the word grace. Um, but... <clears throat> You know, I, I can I can see it in in relation to him talking about all the things that he's been through and um, that <clears throat> um, you know it's it's gotten me this far. <laughs> you know, grace is is has brought me through so much. The grace of God to rescue me from physical danger and the, and and the grace of God to rescue me from my sins. Um, you know, why why wouldn't it be enough to carry you through the rest of your life? So. Um, <clears throat> And, um, and in the same way, um, it, this, the, this verse of the song ends with, uh, grace will lead me home. Um, and I'll just read this off my paper, but second Timothy, uh, chapter four, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. And so there's that, that hope and knowledge that, uh, <clears throat> um, that God will still, you know, lead you home, and take you, take you all the way through through life and and into heaven. Um, all right, verse four of the song, uh, the Lord has promised good to me. Um, can I'll just read this off the paper for time? But Second Peter one and four, uh, for by these He has granted to us His precious and magnificent magnificent promises. And um, there there are many promises in the Bible. I, I don't think I need to explain this one too much, but. Um, uh, his word, my hope secures. Uh, again, in, uh, continuing on in the song, um, <clears throat> and this um, this makes me think of Ephesians chapter one, um, a little after where we ended the scripture reading. So Ephesians one, uh, turn here. Sorry. Ephesians 1, 12 through 14. Um, Talking about the the Holy Spirit. um, But, you know, the... um, Well, it does talk about the word of truth also. Okay, so... um, And the sword of the Spirit is is the word of God. So there's there's a lot of connection there. But uh, Ephesians 1, 12 through 14... So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And him also, when you were, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Uh, so I, I, I think this, this part of the song very much lines up with scripture that, um, the word of God, uh, does, does secure us, uh, through the Holy Spirit, 
um, um, secure us and, and gives us hope um, in the future, um, specifically in in heaven. Uh, so um, a lot in that little bit of the verse of the song um, uh, that that's packed in there. Um, and then continuing on in the song, he will. I, I put this. He will be my shield. It's it's in song, right? So it's he will my shield and portion be. So that, that the verb is like way at the end. But anyway, he will be my shield is the idea, right? Um, and that's that comes up a lot in the in the Psalms, I think. So I'll just read this one again quickly uh, for sake of time. Psalm one nineteen verse one fourteen. You are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. Um, that's that's a common common analogy there. Uh, this one I think is neat. Um, and and he will be my portion as long as life endures. Um, so if you want to go to Deuteronomy 10, verse 9. Um, I think I meant 8 and 9. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> Deuteronomy 10. I knew this is a longer quote. Um... Deuteronomy 10, 8, and 9. At that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him, and to bless in his name to this day. Therefore, Levi has no portion or inheritance with his brothers. The Lord is in, is his inheritance, uh, as, <clears throat> as the Lord your God said to him. Um, so that verse 9 is that word portion. Uh, it says portion or inheritance. So, um, the background of this, right, is that <clears throat> Levi is one of, Levi the person is one of the twelve sons of Jacob the person. And then when the Israelites captured Canaan, they were to divide it into twelve regions. Um, <clears throat> and basically to line up with the names of the sons and the and the tribes of the sons of Jacob, uh, but Joseph got two, Ephraim and Manasseh, and Levi got none, and um, that seems unfair. But uh, Levi was <clears throat> uh, Le- Levi was the tribe of the priests and priestly helpers, and so they were they were set apart uh, for God and. Um, and so, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's nice. They're set apart, but they don't get any land, you know, except a city here or there. And, um, but, uh, but, but there's that, this, this neat little sentence that even though Levi has no portion or inheritance with his brothers, the Lord is his inheritance. Um, and so, um, I kind of see that in the song that, um, God is our, our portion. Uh, or inheritance, uh, as long as life endures. Even if we don't get a mansion or, or a lot of land or, or whatever, or fame or anything like that on this earth, that, uh, yeah, appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> that, um, you know, that God will be our, our inheritance in that way. Um, and, uh, first Peter talks about that as well. And, um, <clears throat> Uh, that uh, our inheritance is reserved in heaven for us. So, um, all right. So, 
Uh, then we'll go to verse 5 in our books, um, which... Um, anyway, we'll do that and then, and then talk briefly about um, the, other, the other verses of the song that we don't have in our book. So, <clears throat> uh, so I kind of split, split this up because the thought is dragged out through the verse. Um, but <clears throat> um, verse 5 of the song when we've been there 10,000 years we've no less days than when we first begun I know I, I, I pulled out some of the, the phrases there because the the thought is is chopped up I think through the song but uh, the, the idea is that um, even 10,000 years doesn't put a dent in eternity is, is really, I, I think, all that's getting at. Um, <clears throat> that, you know, eternity is, is not about time. Time is irrelevant. Um, it's just, a, you know, a place without time. Um, so even 10,000 years, if there was such a thing as being there 10,000 years, uh, wouldn't even, you know, matter. It wouldn't, it wouldn't mean that we're that much closer to being kicked out of heaven or something we're not going to be kicked out of heaven it's um <clears throat> we have eternity um but um so the parts of the the that, that verse that i skipped over um bright shining is the sun um <clears throat> which meaning we will be um bright shining is the sun is the way i take the song um and so my thought was, is that, is that fair? Uh, well, actually, yeah. Uh, Matthew 13, uh, verse 43. Um, I, I always think of heaven as a place where the, you know, the light is the light of God. And that's, that's fair. I'm, I'm going to read that in Revelation. But, um, Matthew 13, 43, um, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> You know, and, and, and looking at this, maybe this maybe this means the church, and maybe it doesn't. But um, <clears throat> it says the righteous uh, will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Uh, he who has ears, let him hear. So um, <clears throat> there's at least a way in which in which uh, we ourselves shine. You know, and we you know we let our light shine among among people as well. So um, thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then Revelation 21 talks about. Um, <clears throat> um, I'll just read it off the paper here. Uh, and the city has, Revelation 21, 23, and the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. Um, <clears throat> so we do have that there. Um, all right, and then I have a few verses in Revelation talking about the praises that are given to God in heaven as well. And, um, I'll just skip that for the, the sake of time. So... Um, <clears throat> All right, so the other verses that we don't have in our book. Um, so, again, you may not be familiar with these, um, but uh, we'll try to go go over these real quick just just for <laughs> sake of uh, finishing this off. So, um, the first part of the original verse 5 says, Yea, when this flesh and heart shall fail and mortal life shall cease. And so it's a, it's a lot of words just to, to say the, the idea that when I die. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they could have made that a little shorter. But anyway. Um, I shall possess within the veil a, a life of joy and peace. This is the other part of the first five. I shall possess within the veil a life of joy and peace. Uh, so this is kind of interesting. 
Um, <clears throat> so there's a few symbols I think going on here. Um, if you want to jump over to, to Hebrews 10. Uh, so the veil, uh, not like on a woman when she gets married. Okay. The veil, uh, is, I think, meaning the, um, at the temple. There's either the veil to get into the temple or the veil into the most holy place. Um, <clears throat> and so it's an, an, another, like, doorway inside of the temple. Uh, I, I take that to mean the, the second one. Um, can't ask the man who wrote it, you're right, but, um, the song. But um, <clears throat> but I think he's, he's using that as a symbol, as Hebrews 10 does, to talk about um, uh, what Christ did. Uh, so it says in Hebrews 10, 19 through 20, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, uh, or veil, uh, that is through his flesh, um, and so here's something that Christ is doing that lets us go there. Um, and it's not meaning it literally that, that we're going to go into a temple, uh, through, through a curtain or through a veil. Uh, but, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, somehow figuratively through, through, through the death of Christ. And, um, I, I, I would take that to mean now. Now, it seems to me in the song he's meaning it as if it's a, a future time um, that that even that is like a symbol of of heaven, um, and I don't know uh, if that's exactly what's meant there. Um, maybe, maybe not. But uh, if you look at Hebrews six nineteen. Um, <clears throat> uh, kind of jumping into the middle of a thought here. Well, anyway. Um, Hebrews is a dense book. <laughs> but anyway, verse 19, Hebrews 6, 19, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain or veil uh, where Jesus has gone, a forerunner on our, our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of, of Melchizedek. Um, you know, that to me sounds, sounds like now, and I'll, I'll leave that up to you. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's a song. Um, it, 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 it can be interpreted different ways, um, depending on how you, how you think about it. Um, but just something to think about is, is that, is that now or is that already happened, uh, or is it future? Um, and then the, the original verse six of the song, um, <clears throat> Is, is poetic. So the first half is the earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. Um, <clears throat> and it's a little different than second Peter three, where he talks about the, uh, the earth being dissolved and the, the elements being dissolved, but kind of the same ideas is that, you know, the, the, the solar system at least will, will, will end, uh, in something spectacular at the hand of God. Um, and, and, and no longer be around. Um, and then I, I like the ending of this, uh, but God, but, but God who called me here below 
will be forever mine. And I think that's a really neat way to end the song is, is that, you know, um, <clears throat> you've got this faith and, and, and even, you know, trust and, and relationship with God that, you know, you know that he, uh, called you to be his on earth. Um, and that same faith and confidence, uh, carries through, uh, to the idea that he'll see you all the way through life. Uh, second Timothy one is where I wanted to end that. Uh, I'm going the wrong direction. Second Timothy. Second Timothy one, nine through 10. <clears throat> uh, let's start in verse eight. Cause for me, that's the middle of a sentence. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share in the suffering of the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality, uh, yeah, immortality, uh, to light through the gospel. Um, <clears throat> And yeah, I'll stop there. So, um, just kind of tying that all up that, that through, through his, uh, verse nine says, through, through the grace of God, um, <clears throat> um, you know, that he'll save us, uh, all the way through to the end. So, um, that's all I had. I ended at a decent amount of time this time for once. Um, <clears throat> So I just, I really do appreciate the song, even though it's one you've heard a million times. Um, it is, it, it, it has staying power, I think, for a reason that, um, <clears throat> that, you know, it's, it is amazing that, um, the grace of God that, that does care for us and look after us and, and that he's, he's, he's kind to us, um, throughout our lives and in physical ways when we need him, um, and I, I think of that often. I, I think of in myself of, of how much, you know, considering the background I had that I, I grew up poor, I grew up without a, a father around and anyone that I felt that, you know, necessarily guided me along the way. And I, you know, and I somehow <laughs> managed to become an adult and have a family. And, and I don't, I don't know how that happened, uh, except by the grace of God. And, and I'm, I'm always thankful and, and, and never forget that, uh, and never take that for granted. And, um, <clears throat> and, and all the more, you know, you, you think of, uh, you know, the, the sin in our lives and, and, and that, you know, we are, we are <laughs> not <laughs> terribly obedient children all the time. <laughs> Um, it, to, to our Heavenly Father and, and the, the grace that He has, uh, toward us to give us another day every day, uh, to try again. Um, <clears throat> and that's something to be thankful for as well. And so, um, with that, if there are any here that, um, uh, need to obey the call of the gospel that, um, <clears throat> that have a life of sin and, and want to repent of that, um, and, 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 um, and, and thank God for, for another chance to repent and, and to come forth and do it. And, 
and 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 take advantage of the grace of of God and and His Son that uh, that died for all of us. Um, then then please do. Um, it's often said that uh, a gift isn't much if if you don't take it. Uh, right. So um, that's what this is. This is a this is a gift uh, of of grace that's that's available, but you need to take it. Um, so if there are any here that um, that need to do so uh, or or wish to ask for the prayers of the saints, then uh, please come forward as we stand and sing.